It is Tim Gillette, and we're back with another Tim Gillette show. So I'm your host, and I actually have been bringing people to you as my guest, who are some of the coolest people on the planet. I love saying that, coolest people on the planet, because they are. They're game changers. They're business changers. They're world changers. In some cases, all right, they're leaders. Every one of them have one thing in common. Hardly any of them, all right, I knew before. I got to interview him. Today's guest, all right, talk to her once or twice, but today it's really, I'm going to get to know our guest today, Lisa, as we speak, while we're doing the show. And that is the coolest thing I like about creating content is having your one-on-ones live on camera. After all, we were in a virtual world stuck there for a year and a half, and I know some of us are getting out, but some of us have not learned to use it to the best of our abilities. I learned to use it going, wait a minute, I can get to know people and record it. And make a podcast out of it. Ain't this cool? Well, I had to go out and find some cool people to do it. And today's guest is one of those cool people. Let me bring up Miss Lisa. I'm not even going to try the last name. You say it for me. <laughs> okay. My last name is Balthazer. Like, did you marry into that name? or? I, I actually did. <laughs> I should have changed it back to my maiden name when I got divorced. But that didn't um, happen. <laughs> Well, no, like my wife's name is her, her main name is Shram. All right. And like, you know, with us getting married, she just kept it for business because she was known as, as the last name Shram. And I'm like, I don't care, you know, whatever. I'm not going to be fussy over it. Um, you know, Gillette, I mean, trust me, I've gotten every pick on thing about being Gillette my entire life. So I'm, I'm over it. I'm done with it. I can care less. Uh, Mr. Mr. Schick, Mr. X or, or, or Mr. Ch uh, track two. I mean, I've heard it all. So uh, anyway, so Lisa, uh, I understand that you're actually online doing some videos and stuff like that to help market your business even during the pandemic, which is how we met. How long have you been doing online videos? Since they started. <laughs> I actually ran into you and you probably don't remember this because it was so long ago. Um, I actually ran into you on Periscope and you were doing Blab. Uh -huh. Like I ran into you back then and I was doing Periscope videos way back in the day. Uh, yep. I, Periscope. I was one, I think I was one of the, I didn't do, uh, what was the one before that? Meerkat. I wasn't on Meerkat. I joined mm -hmm. the live streaming thing on Periscope and I, I couldn't get traction on Periscope uh, like I did on Blab. So, yeah, you remember, I mean, Blab just, that was my heyday, all right? And I have friends who did uh, the the Google, um, what was the Google? Google Rooms, no, Google Hangouts, Google Hangouts. And I couldn't figure that out for the life of me, and I really wasn't interested. But I used Google Hangouts to bring a speaker into one of my events in 2013. So, but I yeah. wasn't into it. I couldn't do it. So, anyway, figured that one out. Um, <laughs> so what have you been doing since the blab days? Oh my goodness. I have been growing my business a lot, actually. Um, I started out really being a content marketer, helping people actually with their blogging, getting set up on blogging. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was displaced in the 2008, 2009 recession and unable to find another job that would actually pay me what I'm worth or anything close to it. So I ended up starting my own business and I was running into a lot of people that actually needed me. And I am not afraid to push the buttons. I will get right in there. And I was teaching people WordPress back then and how to set up their blogs and websites and all that good stuff. I was more hands-on. Um, I in During the um, pandemic, I actually transitioned into coaching. Mm -hmm. I got my coaching certification and I just became life, life cycle uh, marketing uh, partner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've been doing a lot. <laughs> uh, you know, it's interesting that, you know, I mean, that's the kind of the route I started out in 2010, but it wasn't blog. I started with a blog, but I started like, you know, giving business advice uh, and, and had I not been, been stuck in three years into I had three more years left on a no compete clause for an industry I was in, in the automotive industry, I would have started coaching and speaking in the auto industry. 
because that's the knowledge I had, how to build auto businesses. I built a ton of them, uh, but 2004 sold mine and had a do not compete cause for 10 years. I couldn't do anything in automotive for 10 years. Uh, they were just that scared that I was going to go back in and take their business away. That's a um, long time. It is. But I, I and basically I could have got around it if I wanted to by that time going in consulting. But when I sold the car business in 2004, Zig Ziglar was a friend of mine. I used to wash his car and Zig said, Tim, you should be a speaker. And I'm like, me? I, I didn't believe him. I'm like, me? Who's going to listen to Tim speak, right? You know. Uh, and in 2010, when I started, I didn't know, but I started a WordPress blog. And it's funny because by 2014 and 15, that was my number one. I was asked to speak on blogging and branding. Mm -hmm. uh, those were the two top subjects. And I threw everything else out and went the route of blogging and branding to where now we have blog and video con and blog and video or mine. Um, and believe it or not, I remember Blab. Do you remember the green check mark, getting green check mark Blab yeah. official? <laughs> yeah. I was the guy behind that. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> yeah, I had Sean from from Sean from Blab reached out to me and goes, Tim, stop. I'm like, why, Sean? It's an innocent. We're 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 actually telling people the truth on the back end. All right, when they go through our funnel, that they can find what the how to do it. And it's, and it's you know, and he said, Yeah, he says, but I get 2,800 emails a day asking me how to become Blab official. I don't have time to take 2,800 emails a day <laughs> on something that is non-existent. Oh my and gosh. We were about to print T-shirts that say, I got my green check mark on Blab. At least that's what the T-shirt says or something like that. We, we had like a whole joke about it. Um, it was my number one. When I was on Blab, it was my number one sales funnel. I, I believe probably, that. I put like 900 people into my sales funnel off of that one thing. How to get how to become Blab official with a green check mark. And yeah. it is still in my, still, that green check mark is still in my new logo for, 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 for Simple Easy Marketing. Because oh, of the it. fact that so many people knew me for that. But like, what are some goofy things you did on Blab? Ugh. I I mostly just watched them. I very rarely was was in them and I didn't run any of my own. I was I was more trying to figure the Blab thing out mm -hmm. than anything else. Um, I did a, quite a few periscopes. Mm -hmm. <sighs> I'm so glad that's over. <laughs> Oh my God, it's so sad. Wait a minute, was, was the Periscope, this wasn't the bikini days, was it? No, no you know, Periscope, back in the day, I, I just remember, because I was new to doing live video, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I hadn't really done a lot of other video either at the time, so I was just new to video. And I jumped on Periscope and I, you know, I was just like, I am in, I'm a marketer, I have to do this. Uh, and I jumped in and the, that I just remember the evil trolls that were on there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was insane. And I remember, um, believe it or not, uh, if you see me today, you'd never believe it. But the first, uh, at least five to 10 videos I got off and I burst into tears. No mm. lie. It was brutal. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah, and there were some cruel, I mean, even through the Blab days, there were some cruel trolls out there that would just really... Um, you know what I mean? They would do everything they could to get on screen. All right. To screw with you. That's all they wanted to do. And I, I, I still don't get the purpose behind that. I really don't. Either. All right. What, what is your purpose? What, why are you doing this other than to just be a nuisance to people? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I remember the periscope was one of the most uh, impactful videos I did was done with a periscope and I just turned the camera on and talked. And nice. I remember going, who's going to watch somebody turning the camera on and talking? And it was the message I had. I just, I spoke from the heart. All right. And you, you know this from everybody you've seen on, on Blab or Periscope. Mm -hmm. The ones that spoke from the heart, truth, whatever was going on in their mind had the followings. Yep. The ones who were trying to create the heart, create the feeling, create it. Everybody could see through it. Mm -hmm. and that's true. Yeah. That's what I loved about live streaming. It finally showed who was real and who was, who was reading a script. Yep. Yeah, so. I, I liked, um, there were a couple of people I followed. Um, I just remember the, was it Chocolate Johnny? Oh, it was Chocolate from, Johnny. Yeah, actually, I'm still yeah. friends with Chocolate Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember like a few people very distinctly from back then. Yeah. Now, I mean, I actually, here's how good, I mean, yeah, Chocolate Johnny was an interesting thing. Um, I met him through Robert and Vicky. I'm still friends with Vicky, but I haven't heard from Robert in ages. But, um, 
I was doing, I was at a conference where I was actually doing a breakout session at the, at a marketing conference on using Blab. And this was like the middle of the afternoon. And I actually connected with Johnny to actually have him come into the meeting room at the breakout with Blab. And mm -hmm. it blew people's mind. Like, wait a minute, you're doing a breakout session, but you have a chocolate tear from Australia coming in to talk to us. <laughs> In Los Angeles, it just blew people's mind, and I'm like, "Yeah, this is the new technology, right?" Yeah, I remember everybody wanted this chocolate. Yeah. Oh yeah, I just love it. I love it. I yeah. love being able to connect with everybody all over the world. That was like, I think, really our first real opportunity to really sit down and have a conversation with yes. people from anywhere, and I think that was really truly awesome. It was. I mean, and, and then we went eventually. I mean, I had a, my radio show and my podcast was done on a network back then. And I actually went to the network and said, this is the way, you know, we were using Skype to record it at the time. And I said, this is how I'm going. You have to find a way to adapt or we're not doing it. Mm -hmm. And my radio station that I was on adapted and went with Blab. Nice. I mean, I, I changed a whole radio station basically to go, okay, we're going to record all of our shows using Blab with our people because it was such an impactful tool to come out. And then, when, when, you know, I, and I get people all the time now coming up with, well, I'm coming up with the new blab. I'm like, you're never going to recreate that. And I was like, yeah. why? Um, because we grow and every one of us have mm -hmm. found different tools, or different things we like to do with our podcasts or our shows. So what we do now is we all use different tools. Like I'm on using the StreamYard. I know a lot of people still using BeLive. I mean, mm -hmm. I have a friend who uses BeLive. A lot of people using Restream. All right. There's no two shows alike anymore because of the fact of how the industry changed. Yes, I agree with that. I, yeah. I think Blab it it had its time. Mm -hmm. It was it was it came at the right time for the right reasons and it had its day, but you can't recreate that because it was just it was amazing when it was, but times are different. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So let's go into talking about some different times, all right? You've adapted over the years. Now, through the pandemic, you've gotten more clientele being a coach. And you said you went in and got a coaching certification during the pandemic? Yeah. It's been a year of studying for me. <laughs> but when you got, when you went, I mean, I've, I never, I've never gotten a coaching certification, all right? I, I just, <laughs> I'm a different egg, I guess you could say. Um, but I mean, I'm a coach to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But the certification, while you're going through the process, did you take on new clients going, hey, listen, I'm helping, but I'm studying how to help you better? Well, um, no, I wasn't actively searching for clients while I was in class because I, I was actually, I had a regular coach and then I had my coaching certification class and it was like pretty much full time what I was doing between those two things. But the reason I went back for my, there's a reason I went for the coaching certification. I know I didn't really need it, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I have been calling myself a coach for a while. And what I found is over the years, um, there were many, many things that I needed coaching in. And a lot of it had to do with mindset and money and things like that. And I wanted to have more tools to put in my toolbox to actually help my clients with, because I know I'm not unique those problems are pretty common. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be able to have more tools to actually work with my clients. That's why I did it. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, and, 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 and that is always the case. Like I'm always studying new things to help my clients. And I remember one time having a client who thought somebody was their competition. And I'm like, well, have you, have you like investigated to see what they're really doing? He goes, no, 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 no. They're, they're the competition and they're bad. So I went and joined the competitors program to find out about it. All right. And found out they, number one, they weren't competitors. What I found out, number one, number two, they were, they would have been great if they collaborated together. Now the two of them, one of the, the two, the two people, one of the people sold their business. All right. And the other one is still my ex client is still striving and dying and trying to, trying to resurrect a dead egg. And oh, I'm like, it's a shame. one person went, okay, this is not working. So I'm going to sell it off and go do something else. And the person they sold it to combined it with another business. And I think most of us, we won't go investigate. Well, what's going on? All right. I'm, I teach blogging, Lisa, and I'll bet you I've bought at least a hundred blogging courses. Wow. Why? I want to know what other people are. I want to learn. Yeah. What are, what yeah. are people doing? 
Yes, I do the same thing. Um, I, I, I honestly can't say that I learn a lot when I'm taking a digital marketing course mm-hmm. because I, I teach usually what I'm, what's in the course. But I do like to see how other people say things, mm-hmm. how other people put things together, um, and how they package them sometimes. I think those things I, I kind of study what other people do because, I mean, everybody's a little different. And I feel like, you know, instead of being a competitor, I want to see how how they're not my competitor because I don't like to feel like other people are my competitor so much. It's not a good feeling when you're trying to market yourself and and then you get in that headspace of, oh, so-and-so over here is like making so much money. And, uh, you know, here I am over here and I'm not making that much money. But how do you know? How do you yeah. really know? Yeah. Well, you know, I I, I stopped. I, I learned to stop comparing. I mean, maybe you as a coach. Yeah. I learned to stop comparing because uh, I was always told when you compare, you're comparing your worst to their best. Yep. It's true. And it's not a fair comparison ever. Very true. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I mean, you know, going through some of the stuff you've learned, all right, and applying them, do you do things like apply it to my business and try it, all right, or do you go, or do you directly go to take it to the clients to help them learn? I usually test on myself because I want to know um, if I'm telling my clients something, I want to know that it works. Mm-hmm. So I generally I test things on myself before I. I mean, I may talk about it with my clients as I'm testing it, but. I don't necessarily tell them to do it <laughs> until I know it works. Yeah, yeah. So I'm mean, interesting because like right now I have this little dot thing on my phone that I'm actually investigating to figure out. And I signed up for the affiliate program and I'm trying it and 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 playing with it. And I brought it up to some to a group of people saying, well, I'm going to investigate this. I can't tell you anything about it. And they're like, well, tell us more. And I'm like, uh, no, until I know exactly how to make it work and work within the realms of what I teach and what I do. I'm not going to teach it because there are so many times out there. And tell me if you've had this, that I see people come to me and go, well, what's the tool you use for that? What's the app you use for that? And I'm like, create your business plan and then find the apps to work in your business plan instead of chasing apps and then trying to make your business grow around the app. Right. (laughs) That's true. That's true. I, you know, I think, you know, when I was newer, I I tried like everything, every mm-hmm. tool, everything, every course, every, you know, I think we all kind of go through that thinking that it's going to help us. And then we figure out, oh, it's really not going to help us, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if you want to grow um, because you get stuck in the, in the learning and you never get into the doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and I take on, I take on side projects. So right now I'm working on a side project that has nothing to do with my business. All right. It's actually on the other side of this all laid out on the floor. All right. And I posted some pictures on my Instagram this morning to give you, give people a hint that I'm working on something. What I learned in getting this was even I have the perfectionism. Oh. And you know, you know, the clients you've got, I'm sure you've got them too, the perfectionism. Well, no, no, I got to get this, 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 and this right before I post a Facebook post. I'm like, dude, just post a Facebook post and find out what happens. Right. I used to be like that with my programs. Um, I, I, I always thought I had to have everything done, everything together, everything like ready to go, but that's not true. Um, as a matter of fact, it's probably best not to. Uh, and for the simple reason is you want to make sure that you are speaking specifically to that audience. And if you create something ahead of time and you don't know 100% for sure, if that's what they want, you're going to end up changing it anyway. Yeah. So I have learned <laughs> I, it all doesn't need to be done and perfect and neat and in a little package. I, uh, and I started doing, uh, you know, I, I have like all these folders over here of projects I want to do or programs I want to do. And I, every now and then I try selling it as a class and I don't really sell this class. It's like, Hey, I'm offering this free class. Come check and attend. And I record it. And I ask people, Hey, what is it that I could, what would you like to see in this program? The people who attended. So then I go back and rework the program with what they wanted and then come back and try it again. Right. Oh, now, nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, and and I know most people are sitting there like, well, like, what, what microphone do you have? What camera do you have to have, right? All this stuff. And I loved saying it for years. Now, I'm in Frank Kern's Inner Circle program. 
the, the master marketer of them all, Frank Kern. And I tell people all the time, while you're trying to figure out what microphone and camera to get, Frank's making a million dollars a month with his iPhone. And he has a million dollar studio. And he's making more money with his iPhone than he is with his studio. And we're all going, well, what microphone do I need to have? Right. I used to worry about stuff like that. And, and I know, especially for podcasts, that microphones are super important. Um, that's actually why, and, and I know you're talking about this now. That's why I haven't started my podcast. Is that so sad? <laughs> I did my first podcast, Lisa. It was actually on a radio show network. When I did my first one on Blog Talk Radio. And I used, I have an Apple laptop. And it's, now I have a desktop and a laptop. But back then, I only had an Apple laptop. And I think I did the first broadcast when I was still on my old my old PC before I went to Mac. But I went to a Mac with the Mac headphones plugged into the computer. And that was my microphone and my speakers. Well, you have grown a lot <laughs> since then. I didn't, I mean, and uh, my videos, you go look at my early day videos. I only did them during the daylights because I didn't have lighting. Mm -hmm. Me too. All my nighttime videos, I couldn't, you couldn't tell, you couldn't see because my, in my room. I know. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I just was like, just go do it and figure it out. Right. I wasn't, I wasn't worried about the lighting back then. Um, I, I think because I'm, I'm more seasoned now. I, I just feel like it, you know, it's kind of expected. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah. But back then, everybody was kind of new to the live video. I wasn't as worried about it, but now I wouldn't get on if the lighting wasn't good. Yeah. Well, yeah, now I have a, now I have my lighting set up. And, like, I would love to rearrange my office. But, unfortunately, my biggest window is a sliding glass door right there, which gives me – most of my light that I don't have to use the accent lighting, but still it's like, that's why the studio is designed this way. Um, and that's it. I learned to set it up to make it work for my business. It's not about how I want to feel comfortable in the room or anything like that. It's about what makes my business work. And I think I've learned that over the years was, you know, Tim, make a business out of it and get the play out of it mm -hmm. later. But anyway, yep. um, well, I want to switch gears a little bit. I want to talk about how you, I mean, some of the things you've done throughout the years, maybe some some mistakes, all right, some things you learned from your mistakes. What industries have you worked in throughout the years? Before I did this? Yes. <laughs> before before you did what you did now. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's go there. Um, <laughs> I was in banking and finance. I was actually a bank manager and a finance company manager, and I was – at the finance company in the middle of the mortgage crisis. So I saw a lot of interesting things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I, it, it's interesting. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know if I should say this on camera. I dated a girl who worked for Countrywide. Oh, right when, wait, and they, wait, and they were like the worst. Oh my God. I know. Wait a minute. Right before Bank of America bought them out. Oh my gosh. And actually... I was, uh, we broke up like two weeks later. All right. But right, like right when that happened, like she, she come home one day and I'm staying at her house. She goes, well, I think we're going to get bought out. I'm like, really? Who? Wow. She says, well, I, I don't know, but there's rumor in the market. Um, and I didn't even have back then. I was like dealing from junk laptop to junk laptop. Right. I went on a laptop at her house, bought countrywide stock, <laughs> sold it after they announced the, that, that, that Bank of America was and, and like tripled my money. And I'm like, is that, I'm like, is that insider training? I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. Because like, by the time I sold it though, her and I were broken up, but right. I, I bought the stock at her house. That's I'm so like, crazy. It's like, could she get in trouble for that? That's so cool. Well, it was just speculation too. I mean, it was, I, like, she didn't, I didn't yeah. have the details, but I knew I'm like, oh, okay. So I, and I went in and watched the stock because she was working there and I noticed the price of it and I'm like, oh. So I bought a couple of shares and it's not like I make millions of dollars. I maybe made like 500 bucks on the deal, right? I bought a little bit. Um, and like, but I never thought about it until after we broke up and then it got announced and I'm like, oh my God, like I could have got her in trouble big time because like I did this at her house. <laughs> yeah. But I think it was just speculation. I mean, it's not like you, you had any hard evidence of it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't have hard evidence of it. And, uh, and really the final details didn't come out until like literally, uh, two days after we broke up. 
Oh, that's so crazy. Yeah. It's just a wild, bizarre thing. Um, and she was a, like a senior underwriter right there. I, 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 yeah. So. Those were crazy times. That's yeah. all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, you remember exactly. I mean, you remember exactly when that was happening because it was like within a year of that happening that literally the market went poof down. Yep. Yeah. I do. And that's a, that's actually why I started my business too. <laughs> So, uh, and it's interesting because at the time I was working at Starbucks, I was just a Starbucks employee and like I was looking, dabbling here, dabbling there. <laughs> Somehow I can't imagine you at Starbucks, but okay. <laughs> I spent, five, wait a minute, Starbucks was the longest job I've ever held. Oh, wow. Really? Five years. Wow. That is long because I heard some of your other interviews where you were talking about your jobs. <laughs> yeah, full-time jobs. I've never worked more than 20 oh, months at, at a full-time oh job. I think 20, uh, well, maybe 24, 26 months, longest I ever worked at a job. And the longest job I ever worked for was I ran a company. And basically, I remember um, I was going to be demoted because of health issues. I couldn't legally hold the job because of health issues. I have epilepsy. And my boss basically says, well, well I'm, I can't, I don't want to fire you. You're too good of an employee, but I can't have you in that role because you have to have a certain license and you can't obtain the right. license with epilepsy. And I basically said, well, you know, I can't stand working here. And he said, I know that. And, and literally the man, uh, until his death, the man really did. He did a lot of stuff to help me. He basically said, you help me train your replacement. And any, and he says, after that, you go, you go out and do what you want to do. You ever need help? Call me. And I called him several Aww. times said, Hey, I need a favor. And he literally, sure. Whatever you need. You know what I mean? I, That's so nice. Yeah. And, and I, and most people would never go to their boss and like, you know, try to help train their replacement. And that's only, that's one of two times that I trained somebody to replace me. Cause yeah. I wasn't, looking, when I went to a job, half the time I wasn't looking, I was there for a position to do whatever they needed to be done. And when it was done, okay, I'm done. My hands are clean. I'm walking away from the job. I had to, I had to train an, um, employee once at one of my jobs and, and I, and it was it, it, during the recession mm -hmm. and I knew all the middle management was deleted except for me because I was uh, in charge of logistics and customer service, mm -hmm. which were vital to the business running. Yeah, so yeah. I knew the ax was on the table, but it, when they asked me to train somebody, I was so mad. I did it, but I mean, I was mad. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, it, you know, it, it's interesting though. I mean, I've looked across my life, Lisa, and everything that I've learned. All right. From stuff like that. All right. I, I learned early on by studying, I think early nineties, I started picking up books to read them and learn. And I, I, I was a, a car wash boy, you know, <laughs> and reading these books helped me become an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I tell people that the day I learned to be an entrepreneur, the day I learned I was an entrepreneur was 1978. I was nine years old. And I remember my dad getting laid off for the umpteenth time. And I just remember like, oh crap, that means no vacation this summer. That means, you know what I mean? I thought about all the things it meant. And I said, no, no, no job in my mind, no job will ever do that to me and my family. And I remember to like, Everything like, you know, as a kid, we learned, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, was, you know what I mean, study, all right, get a good education, get a good job so you can have a, a successful life. Right. Well, when I seen my dad getting laid off, I'm like, that system don't work. I became from then on a DNF student in school. Like, I didn't even apply myself. I'm like, that doesn't work. Why? Why? Why do it if it doesn't work? Hmm. Interesting. And most people... Most people probably will never think about that in their lives. Have you had any moments like that in yours? Um, well, the reason I became an entrepreneur, well, I've always wanted to have my own business. I'm not mm -hmm. going to lie. No. But I, just, I never really knew how to have my own business because, you know, you go to college and they don't really teach you that. No. <laughs> so um, after I got laid off during the recession, um, I wasn't able to find work. I was... I forget how old I was at the time, older than young. And <laughs> I'm about your age, probably. And um, yeah, so I was older than young and companies just weren't hiring me. I mean, I had degrees. I had, I was in middle management. Mm -hmm. um, I was bank manager, finance company manager, manager of a department. You know, I, I had all this management stuff and, and nobody wanted to hire me. Nobody wanted to talk to me. And as a single female, 
I have to earn a man's salary to survive. And that was very challenging for me. Um, I was living in Philadelphia and I know you're from Pennsylvania and I want to know from where. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. So I was living in Philadelphia at the time. Well, I still live in Philadelphia, but, um, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I'm never going to be able to afford to live and nobody's hiring me. What do I do? So I started dabbling online. I have marketing degrees. So I was like, well, you know, I never did this in real life. So I'm going to take my degrees and I am going to use my degrees, which is what I loved and what I wanted to do from the time I was a child. So that's what I did. That's how I, that's how I actually got into being an entrepreneur. Um, it, it was a hard knocks road for me. I am not going to lie because by the time I started, um, there's a, there's a story there. Um, by the time I started, uh, with my business, mm-hmm. I had blown through all my retirement, all my unemployment, all my everything. And I owned a house that was in default and everything else. I mean, it was just, it was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And here I am starting a business with zero money, zero, zero resources. It was just, it was insane. But it, I felt like it was my only option at that time. But I'm so happy to have been pushed into it. Because since then, I have grown so much as a human being, um, more than I could ever grow uh, being tied to a company. Because mm-hmm. when I was working for companies, I, I never felt that I was allowed to be everything that I could be. Mm-hmm. And I, I felt like I was always kept down. Um, and as an entrepreneur, you really can be everything that you want to be. You can help the people you want to help. You can, you know, and you know, the other thing with a job is um, work hours. Okay. So if you're familiar with Philadelphia at all, you know, that driving to work is not like, it's not like an easy thing. (laughs) It's at least an hour. I don't care if it's five miles or 25 miles. It's an hour. (laughs) It's just, it just is. It's so crazy. And or more, which is the crazy part. Sometimes it took me two and a half hours. So you never knew when you were getting to work and you were stressed out when you got there. My, what I discovered in being an entrepreneur is my best work time is from 7 to 11 a.m. And all those years, my employers never got the best out of me because they required me to work mid-afternoon when it is not my best time. Yeah. I, you know, now I can get so much done when it's my best time of day mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and structure my day according to how I work. Yeah. Yeah. No, interesting you brought that up. All right. Yes, I am from Philadelphia. All right. I was born in Scranton. Okay. No, I'm not going to run for president. <laughs> you, you might know my cousin's wife. Maybe, maybe not. I'll have to ask her if she knows. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. I was born in Scranton, Pennsylvania, in the 1970s, and lived in the Pocono Mountains until I was a teenager. Nice. Like, like you know, up in the town I lived in. Actually, if you're older than you, you were alive in 1973, you've heard of the town I lived in. Yes. Okay. 1973. I lived in a town called South Canaan, Pennsylvania. Oh, I, d- I didn't hear of it. Why do I not know it? What am I supposed to know about it? Patty Hearst hid there. In 1973. Oh, okay, okay. And I wait a minute. I know the house that Patty Hearst hid in because my parents almost bought it in 1970. Oh wow! My parents bought a house down the street from it instead. Wow! I was eight years old, so I don't yeah. remember too much. I, wait a minute. I, I was right about that same age. Yeah, I wasn't that. I much told you. Yeah. Um, but I moved to Southern Pennsylvania as a teenager and lived in Montgomery County and Bucks County. Nice. Yeah. So I went. I graduated from Souderton High School. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, I had businesses in Norristown and Collegeville. Very, very familiar. Yeah. Yep. So my daughter lives in my daughter lives in Pottstown right now. Oh, that's so weird because right now I'm in Reading. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, I'm totally familiar with Reading. It's me. it's so crazy. And I always wondered where in Pennsylvania you you were from or you lived or you were from because you talk about it every once in a while, but I know you live in Texas now. Yeah. So how did you get to um, Texas? But I've also lived in Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Florida before coming to Texas. Okay. What what took you to Texas then? 
Uh, actually, I accepted a job after my divorce. My first wife, I accepted a job in Santa Rosa, California, and I stopped in Dallas, Texas, because my youngest brother lived here. I was going to spend Christmas with him and leave after the first of the year to drive to California. Oh, nice. And okay. I never left. I stayed ah, here. You liked it that much. I liked it and just said, that's it. I'm staying here. And actually, I gave up a six-figure job wow. in California, which was worth about the same money I made in Philadelphia, $40,000 a year there because of the yeah. cost of living. Um, and I actually delivered TVs to start out here in Texas. Nice. Yeah, but I lived in California for a while. I, I understand that. Yeah. Just was not, yeah, it wasn't worth it. Now, I mean, I love California and I was in, in 2000 during the, 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 the uh, recession, I was going to buy a condo because I'm out there so much. I was going to buy a condo in Venice Beach. Oh, nice. uh, and I, if the condo I was going to buy was like $350,000 for a one bedroom condo. Mm -hmm. I own a condo the same size here as a rental unit that I used to live in that I paid 70000 for. Mm -hmm. yep. That, that $70,000 condo is worth about 180000 here in Texas. The condo that I was going to buy for three fifty in in California is worth almost two million dollars. Oh, I believe that. I definitely believe that. I, yeah. When I lived in California, I lived out um, in, in Cupertino, which is the South Bay area, and it was unbelievably expensive. Yeah. So yeah, I have a I have a younger brother who lives in. I talk to him regularly, but he lives in San Jose. Nice. Yeah. San Jose was the other side of the freeway yeah. for me. Yeah. The other side. Yeah. Just same area. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's different parts of, of, of where you are in the Bay Area. So yeah, but yep. he lived in San Jose. And he, he, he said, he said, I wouldn't have chose this, but he's got a great job and his wife is from Singapore. And basically her, the company she came to work for was in, Cal she had a choice to continue doing her work. She had to go to California or New York. And my brother's like, I'm never living in New York. Yeah. <laughs> California <laughs> is so pretty, so much prettier. It is, it is. So, well, I mean, and then uh, Philadelphia. Now, uh, I work for in Philadelphia. I work for the New York Times. Oh, okay. I used to nice. deliver like like the uh, the main line area. I used to deliver New oh. York. That was my delivery area, and the, the the New York Times where I managed. I managed one of their their depots down there for a long for a while. You're familiar with all of my stomping grounds. Aren't I you? am. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. Wait a minute. I was there when, uh, you know what I mean? During the John DeBella, Howard Stern debacle. Mm, okay. Okay. Do you remember Barsky on the air down there? I know the name. Yeah. I yeah. was on, I was one of Barsky's stunt guys on when he was on, uh, I think it was 98. No, not 98. What was it? The, the one Oh, one Oh hundred point three something or other. It was called one Oh one. Was it B101? No. No? Um, like Y100, I think it was called. Oh, Y100, okay. Yeah, and that was like early 90s. And I was one of the stunt guys. Like, I was always doing stunt things for them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And most people don't know that, like, you know, he had an audience, or he had a, he had a list of people that he would call, all right? And then basically you would call in saying, well, this is Tim. from I'm calling from Collegeville. I'll do that challenge, right? And he go, okay. They had no idea that basically the producer from the show was orchestrating who would call in. That's right. the first time I ever learned how to, you know, it's, it's not always random. Right. I, yeah, I would imagine it's not. <laughs> it's, trust me. There's some selective going into it. Uh, but yeah, the, the producer and I were great friends in his show. And, and when he moved back to Minnesota uh, and, and I haven't seen him since, but yeah, it's like, I've got a whole bunch of things that I bunk around Philadelphia and, um, my wife was just there in, in Paoli opening up a store mm -hmm. and she'll be back up there. And like, I, I can't wait to go up and see my daughter. I haven't seen my daughter in two years. So oh. she's, she's in her thirties now and lived here in Texas with me for a while, but moved back there. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. You have to come up. Yeah. Uh, now I have more friends there now. Apparently I, every, now that I moved down here, I got more friends there. I've got to go back and visit like you now, you know, <laughs> Joe Pardo who lives over in Jersey. I got to visit him. You know, he's in my mastermind and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. So interesting, isn't it? That, yes. Yeah. Um, the most interesting I've ever had though, was when I first moved to Texas, uh, I was flying back to something in Washington, DC and my flight went from DC to Philadelphia to change planes to fly to Texas. And on the flight from DC to Philadelphia, uh, I'm sitting next to a guy, he's like two, two seats over from me and talking to him. 
All right. And he says, he says, well, I live in Norristown. I was like, well, I know Norristown. I says, I actually named one of my customers from my business I had there. And he goes, you're the guy who used to come to Pete's house and clean their Corvette and all their trucks and everything. I'm like, yeah, that was me. Oh my gosh. And he goes, you bastard. I bought a brand new car and I was going to hire you to come to do my car on a regular basis. And they said, you moved to Texas. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> weirdest thing on weirdest thing on a plane ever. I'm like, yeah. I love when I'm somewhere else and I meet people that are, that know me or know of me. And I, I like, I've never met them, but I get a chance to meet them and it's not even close to my house. I think that's so cool. Or, or wait a minute, or, or Lisa. All right. All right. I, I know you've probably never had this happen. All right. But, or you're someplace and they go, so, uh, you don't remember me. No. Who are you? All right. Cause you're like, my mind's like, I don't remember everybody I grew up with. I'm sorry. Right. I'm old now. All right. But they come up and go like someone come up to me one time. So you don't remember me. I'm like, no, who are you? Like when we were 22, we actually dated like we did. <laughs> Sorry. I'm like, uh, obviously you made a great impression. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. I've had it happen. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I actually run into people um, that I haven't seen for years. Like, so near Reading is where I grew, I grew up in a small town called Hamburg. Mm -hmm. And um, I had to get out of there. But um, but yeah, so when I run into people that are from my high school, like I do not recognize so many of them. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. <laughs> and I feel so bad, but I just I just don't. My now my 30th, my 25th high school reunion, I reconnected with a lot of kids I went to school with. And like me and there's this girl, Janet, that I went to school with, but the two of us, nobody knew who we were in high school. Our 25-year reunion we're at, and everybody's like, who are you two? Because like we were totally <laughs> different than we were in high school. They're like, you're like this outgoing person now. Like in high school, I was Mr. Shy. I wouldn't talk Oh, my gosh. Him. That's yeah. so funny. I just did a video about this or a blog. I wrote something about this, about being shy in high school. Mm -hmm. I never used to raise my hand to answer a question. I was scared to talk in front of an audience. Like, it, it, well, an audience. It's audience today, but it was a classroom back then. I was terrified. Yeah. I just wanted to shrink into the ground and die. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I, I hate it. I, I screwed up on one project that I had to speak in as a kid, and that was it. Shut down from there on. Yep. And it's and, so different today. Now we just kind of do our thing, and we're like, ah, oh, we don't care. Yeah, it's because of that shutdown. That was the first thing that triggered in my mind when Zig Ziglar's sitting across the table from me saying, you should be a speaker. I'm like, no, I remember that. Mr. Tim Emmerich's class in 11th grade. No, that was not a good experience. I don't think I'd be good at this. <laughs> you know, it's like, I didn't say that, but in my mind, that's exactly what I was mm -hmm. thinking. The failure I was thinking about. Going, mm -hmm. no, that wouldn't be me. No, no, no. I mean, because it's a failure. I'm thinking about it. I'm like, no, I failed. The things we tell ourselves. And that is why I got my coaching certification because mm -hmm. of things like that. That was me for so long telling myself I couldn't, I wasn't good enough. I, you know, and, and even though I'm smart and even though I know a lot, I, you know, I'm always, I was always looking elsewhere and saying, oh, well, they're so much better than me. I had to get over that. Um, the first couple years of my business was like that. And I had to do so much work on myself mm -hmm. to get through that, that I want to be able to be a catalyst for my clients to get through those things mm -hmm. because I, I think they're very real. And I think most people experience them to some point. Yeah. I, you know, I experienced them a lot because of, of, I come from an alcoholic household and there's a whole lot of stuff that goes with that. But um, you know, I think everybody has it to a small degree. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I, I, you know, it's interesting though, you say that, uh, uh, you know what I mean? All the stuff we can do that we have to go through and grow through. One of my, one of my mentors and friends, Larry Broughton, Broughton hotels out in California, Larry talked about when he was going through divorce, he said, okay, you know what I mean? I'm going through divorce. I, I got to pay attention to my kids. All right. But before it ruins my business, I have to do something. And he started with his assistant saying, you know what? I need personal growth time every day to where he started dipping into classes to learn. All right. Things to, to grow himself, meditations. It's like, here's this guy that's an Ernst and Young entrepreneur of the year. All right. It's got this multi-million dollar company. And he goes, no, I got to take time every day to develop me right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 
And we're sitting there going, well, I don't have time to develop me. I've got to fix my my business so I can make 50,000 this year. And I'm like, dude, here's a guy making millions going, hey, let me get what's right, right. Yeah, there's, I mean? there's science behind um, there's science behind a lot of it. Uh, mm -hmm. I just actually joined a program from a, a friend's program that, um, and it was because of the science behind it when she explained it. And it, 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 subliminally, we do receive a lot of the information that that we put in front of ourselves. So, uh, basically, three minutes a day, all you need to do is take in all the good things, mm -hmm. and it changes the whole. It just shifts something in your brain, and it can change the trajectory trajectory of your day. So I am trying to be good about doing that every single day. I have not done it every single day, but I'm trying to because it. I I can see where the science is in that. I I I built a I built this. You're, you're gonna love this. Huh? This is my operations manual for every day for my business. Oh gosh. I I literally and I have on there. You know what I mean? You know, read a chapter in a book. Mm. It's on yeah. my daily. It's like it, it's weird that. You know, how many things that we've got to actually do in our life to help us help ourselves grow. But the serious people like, you know, I mean, like you, you know, I mean, you're serious. Okay. I got to grow. I got to, I got to get a certification. I don't need it, but I'm going to go get it. Right. You know what I mean? It's, it's when I worked for Starbucks, I went through the, they do a thing called a coffee passport. We've got to taste every coffee they do. And you get a, like a thing to put on your apron to say you did it. I did it twice. And I was just about going to their master's program. And then they they changed it and did away with it and revamped it and never never came back with the revamped models after I left. But I'm like, I, like, I'm just like wondering what if you don't like coffee? Why if you don't like coffee? Why are you working at Starbucks? <laughs> oh well, see, I don't drink coffee, but I like lattes and cappuccinos and the frappuccinos and all the frou frou drinks. Uh, but I, I I don't know that I could taste coffee. Okay, so here's how good I got it. Coffee tasting was why I learned the tastes is what I learned. And I, I can go to a food tasting and enjoy it. Wine, bourbon, liquor, all that stuff. And I can taste now, right? I learned to taste so well that if a customer ever came into Starbucks and said, well, I'm not sure what I want. I could say to them, what's your favorite dessert? And I could make a drink that they would love. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, their nice. that's a great skill. When you learn how to do things, when you study, that's exactly what we're trying to prove in here. What you said, when you study things, you can learn this. And funny story, Lisa, I did it one time. A lady come up and she goes, well, I'm having a bad day and I kind of like like chocolate pudding. And we were doing like some double duck chocolate thing or something at the time, Frappuccino. I said, well, you should try this new chocolate Frappuccino thing, whatever it was. She said, okay, I'll do that. She comes back up about 30 minutes later because she's hanging out with her friends, comes back up 30 minutes, and she was a cute girl. She was just like you, long, beautiful hair and everything. I was like, oh, she's gorgeous, right? And she goes, well, I need another one of them. And I'm like, sure. You know what I mean? It, was, was it okay? Was it good? Was it, she goes, I loved it. She goes, I'm just having a bad day and I eat chocolate. I'm like, well, while I'm making it, tell me about your bad day. So, well, my boyfriend dumped me. Oh, no. <laughs> back in my mind, number one thought was, how do I pick her up? But number two thought was... <laughs> encourage this woman she needs it so i looked at her and i said i can't believe your boyfriend did that when you were pregnant would have been great would have been great if she was pregnant oh my gosh however oh. we did date and that is a date i will no. never forget dating her yeah oh oh yeah she was a gorgeous woman oh my uh, gosh that so, you know, bubble stomachs doesn't turn Tim off. Anybody? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You are too funny. <laughs> I told you it was going to be a fun show. So, <laughs> you know, Lisa, though, though uh, you know what I mean? So we get, we, we're, we're at the 45-minute mark. We've well past it. But I always want to ask people some things. Number one, I want to know what is a book that you constantly go to and read yourself for growth? Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know that I have one in particular, um, but one that keeps coming back to my mind, it, it's just a simple little book is who moved my cheese. Mm, it's a great book. Great. And, and the reason is because in life, 
we tend to get upset about the little things, okay? And I think that book is such a great reminder that it's really not that important. You just, you go with it. Yeah. You have to go with it. So I, I, I love, I love that little book. It's, it, you know, it, it's not a huge book, but it, it has a big message. Yeah. I, I have one called the game of life and how to play it. I always go back to, it was written in 1925. So it's like, it's an old book, but the other one I think about when I think of you and where you live is acres of diamonds. Oh, I don't even know what that is. Oh, now I got to look that up. <laughs> you have to, because it's the story of this gentleman who went on a search for diamonds and the diamonds were in his backyard and he's from Philadelphia. Oh, I have to look that up. Yeah, I really you definitely have. I read this in like 1995. It's probably another one of those books written in the 1920s, but 1995, I read it. So yeah, um, interesting. The other thing I like to ask people is, um, uh, you know, when I was younger, I was 21 years old working at a gas station part-time. It was a secondary job I had in, in Tewksbury, Massachusetts. And a boss I went to for advice on the job. And it turned out the advice he gave became life advice. And the advice he said was, you run your shift like you own this business. And because of that, I've learned to take ownership of everything I do in my life. Mm -hmm. Did someone give you a piece of advice that maybe at the time you didn't think it was a big deal, but still to this day, it is advice that you that you carry with you? Um, I would probably say, and I don't even remember who, who said this to probably my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, you're not, you're not where you came from or something like that. Something along that line, because, you know, as I alluded to earlier, you know, I did grow up in an alcoholic household and, you know, there's a lot of damage that goes along with that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things that you have to work through <laughs> to get to a normal place. Um, so, you know, it was a challenging road, but it, it was a baggage that I carried with me for a long time. And I think through the years that message finally got through to me. And I really, I don't have to allow that to dictate who I am. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, I, I always love it because there's always little, there's always the little tidbits in there when you ask people that question. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, uh, Lisa, it's been great having you on the show. All right. This has been a fun time. This has been a different interview than I've ever done. So <laughs> they're never the same. Uh, but I want to make sure people get, can connect with you. What is the best website that they can reach you at? They can reach me at flirtalisasolutions.com. And the spelling of that for the listeners is F-L-E-U-R-D-E-L-I-S-A solutions with an S dot com. Interesting. I love that. I mean, it's, it's, uh, what, I got, I'm curious, what made you come up with that name? Okay. So I was trying to think of a business name and my girlfriend was like, well, what do you like? And I'm like, I like flowers. <laughs> so stupid mm -hmm. and I like flowers and she's like I got it why don't you do Fleur de Lisa solutions and I was like mm, I don't know she's like well you know it's the Fleur de Lisa and you know you can play on it Fleur de Lisa and that's where it came from mm -hmm. and I just kept it. I, it it's either you love it or you hate it it's all right I'm rolling with it <laughs> yeah my first domain name I still have it and my first law it's still there it's still, it's still down there is the rockerlifecoach.com was my first one. Oh, I remember yeah. I remember you talking about that before. Yeah. And then yeah, I went from there to, oh, I, well, I couldn't get Tim Gillette.com wasn't available. I didn't get that until 2012 or 13 before I got oh, wow. it. Um, but, uh, you know, I had rocker life coach, but you know, the one that was everybody remembers me for with the long hair and I had not Tom Petty.com. I, yeah, I was actually just looking at something that had that on. And I was like, I was laughing because I was like, yes, because when you had longer hair, because I think when you were on Blab, your hair was longer. Yes, I had long hair. Yeah, I, I only cut it a year ago. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I remember thinking to myself, God, this guy looks like Tom. He, and you did. That's the crazy thing. <laughs> um, and it's like I spoke at events and that, that I learned how to use it. Like I was speaking in, in Scranton, Pennsylvania, the home, my hometown. It was one of my goals in life to speak in my hometown where I grew up or where I was born, right? And I'm speaking there and like, you weren't allowed to sell. I speak to sell. All right. So I speak and then I make an offer for my program at these events mm -hmm. and I'm speaking, but I'm not allowed to make an offer. I'm only allowed to, you know what I mean? Offer free suggestion. So I basically give it to a room of like 180 people who, you know, knew that I grew up there, but they knew I lived in Dallas, Texas. And I said, well, you guys want to find out more about me. All right. Go to this website and you can find out all about me. And I, and I put it on the screen, not Tom Petty. And the room starts laughing. Yeah, I and like, yep, I see it. You know, and I'm like, 
<laughs> yes, I could definitely see it. And the story as to why I did it is still on the website. I still have the domain name. It's a back page and it's the story's there. All right. And I tell the story again. Uh, and even till this day, I still tell, teach people how to use that very concept of if you look like a celebrity, use it. Uh, right. yeah, people I wrote a chapter in a book where I basically was talked about the five people I've been told I look like, looked like over the years and how I used it to my advantage. So Yeah, I used to get Demi Moore a lot. Um, I, I don't see it at all, not even a little, but other people told me that. I went on dates and they told me that it's like the weirdest thing. I don't know where it comes from. My brother gets uh, Mike Rowe. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's when he gets all the time and he hates it. And I have another brother, Kenny, who hated the show South Park. So <laughs> I can't imagine why. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I'm like, I'm like, you got Kenny where you, they killed Kenny. They just always, <laughs> always you know, the people of South Park are like, Timmy. I still do. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, I don't. Go ahead. Before we go, Lisa, I have a little game. Okay. I want to play with you. Are you open to play a game with me? I am open. I'm ready. Here we go. <laughs> Number one, I always ask is Star Wars or Star Trek? Now, I'm going to do the opposite of what a lot of your guests say. I'm going to say Star Trek. Mm. Is it because of the uh, the Kirk or the new the Kirk or Picard? So are you like the, 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 the new age of it or the old? Well, you know, I used to watch it with my dad when I was a, when I was a kid. So mm -hmm. I never really got into the Star Wars thing. And I don't even know half the characters. Every, I mean, I'm just odd, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like the kids on Big Bang Theory. I know them all. <laughs> so, anyway, well, let's move on to the next question. All right, as a woman, and in our pandemic world, all right, are you a dress-up kind of girl or are you a yoga pants kind of girl? Um, you know, that's changed over the years. I used to always be the dress-up kind of girl, but. Um, the older I get, the more comfortable I like to be. It, it's just not as important to me anymore. Um, although when I am on camera, I do like to dress nice. I always look nice on camera because that is very important because that's your brand. Yeah. I always wear dress shirts. I've always worn dress shirts with jeans. That's just my always my been my thing mm -hmm. for years. Dress shirts and jeans. So it's like you're 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 classy, but yet you still earn jeans. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, I know you do a lot of stuff on, 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 on the World Wide Webs. Which is your favorite platform to use, Twitter or Facebook? Out of those two, Facebook. Yeah. Out of those two. Uh, out of those two, Facebook, yes. Okay, because there's the old school. Because if I went to the new school, I would have to go Snapchat or Instagram. Yeah, and then I'd say Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I still, I'm, yeah, I'm an Instagram guy, all right. But you ever notice the people who talk Instagram or Snapchat usually use one or the other. They don't use both. Right. So, yeah, I don't use Snapchat, but I use their filters all the time. I, 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 the I, best I filters. No, no, I tried Snapchat. It was too confusing to me. And I said, that's it. I'm out. It is confusing. Yeah. And I, 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 and I literally, there's a thing out there when Snapchat came out, I actually, there's a, a, a live stream video or a recorded video of me somewhere and a blog post that says, I said, you wait. Facebook is going to do the same thing with Instagram come, you know I mean? By the end of summer and like August of that year, Instagram came out with stories. Yep. All right. I predicted it like six months earlier. Everybody's like, nah, nah. Snapchat's going to be the new boy. I'm like, no. Nah. Instagram will take over that. And they're like, how do you know that? And I said, when you understand business and the concept of building a list, you understand that Facebook can beat anybody. Mm -hmm. It's true. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yep. Um, let me move on to some food products. Taco or hamburger? Taco. Yeah. You, you, you got to come down here and visit some taco. <laughs> I know a hamburger spot or two up there, but taco places I didn't know up there. Yeah. How about beer or wine? Um, if I have to choose wine. Okay. Are you, you, you don't drink, do you? I don't drink much <laughs> or very often. I mean, if I drink, it's like a margarita. <laughs> Is that like the, I forget what the comedian who used to always say, it, you know, I, you know what I mean? I don't do that anymore or any less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was 
was never really, uh, I was never really into that. I, I, a lot of that comes from, you know, my father being an alcoholic. So, you know, I just kind of really stayed away from that. My myself. father was a functioning alcoholic. Yeah. And this, and, and I'm like, my father never abused us. My grandfather, I mean, I have, I have issues with my grandfather who was functional as well, but he hit me one time and I never forgave him for it until mm -hmm. after he died. And I regretted that. But yeah, I my father, that. my, yeah, my father stopped drinking while we were kids, but my, 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 you know, my uncles have told me stories like my father, they used to go to the bar at like four or five in the afternoon when they got off work. My dad had been there for hours mm. at yeah, midnight when the bar was closing. My dad was the soberest guy helping people get into their cars. Oh, that's so crazy. And he'd been there drinking long before them all. Oh my gosh. And I always wondered, well, why? I mean, and I used to go, I mean, I remember just before I lost, I, I quit that one job where the, where I, I had, I didn't like I was drinking my paycheck in a weekend at a club here in Dallas. Oh, wow. Like thousands of dollars a weekend, not buying drinks for everybody. No, drinking them myself. Oh my gosh. Wow. All right. And you, you wonder why I didn't gain weight or anything through that. But yeah, literally I would drink thousands of dollars of alcohol in a weekend. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. And I wonder where I got it from. And literally I remember drinking that and getting in my truck and driving home. And if you pulled me over, I could have easily passed any sobriety test. Wow. And that's crazy. I, I can I can tell you the last time I was actually drunk drunk to the point someone had to drive my car home was 18 years ago. Well, that's good. It was that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> I just I, I I drink, but I don't drink to get drunk. I drink right. now for taste, and I hardly ever get I don't I don't even get a buzz anymore anyway. But anyway. let's move on. Heels or boots? Boots. Cowboy boots or like? I don't really have cowboy boots, but I I like I like riding boots. I like girls who are into boots. Just saying. <laughs> they're, they're so much more comfortable than heels. <laughs> I know. I, uh, I personally like wearing my boots over my heels too. But. <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it was going to be a fun podcast. Um, how about this one here? For your vacation getaways from where you're at, Jersey Shore or Pocono Mountains? Oh, probably. I don't really like either of those. Um, I would. I don't like the Jersey Shore because I think it's dirty. Um, Truthfully, so I would. Ocean City, Maryland, or or yeah, Ocean City, Maryland. I, that's where Maine. that's where yeah. I would go. Ocean City, yeah. Maryland. Um, <laughs> but interesting fact, I'll let you know that the Pocono Mountains. If you go back to the history of the Pocono Mountains and the Poconos in general, my family is the family that started the Poconos. Really? And you go yeah, back I, generations on my mother's side. Yes. We used to have a timeshare up there. So we used to be up there all the time. Uh, I haven't been up there in a while though. I do like the Poconos though. Yeah. I, I My mom sold her house in 2018 and moved to Texas. And I'm like, okay, I have not been back to that mountain since. <laughs> well, uh, my last two questions are the controversial ones that okay. love to stir up. Next one is going to be toilet paper. Does it go over on the roll at your house or under? Over. Over. Hands down. It's not even a discussion. It, it can't be the other way. Oh, my so, God. So a year, year and a half ago, I had Cami Baker on the show, and she's like, well, I'm a single girl. If I go to a guy's house three times and change that role from under to over, I'm breaking up. This relationship's going nowhere. I, I can't. I, I, I just, I, I, no. I don't understand the under thing. Why should I search for the end? Or, or wait a minute, uh, no, Lisa, the interesting ones are the people who come on my podcast who are all sunshines, roses, rainbows, unicorns, and lovey-dovey, all this stuff. And you ask that question, and well, it's like fangs grow. <laughs> believe, I believe it. Like, I, I get like that about the toilet paper, too. Like if, if somebody puts a, it on the roll wrong, well, <laughs> in my opinion, wrong, oh, it's like it's seriously the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let me move on to the last question. Boxers or briefs? Now, this doesn't mean wearing them. It could be what you like to see. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I put it on there, even though I ask girls and guys. I mean, and I have I discussions with guys, but which ones do you prefer? I would do the a boxer briefs. That's what I wear. Because that that's, I, I think those are the best. They actually they are. They're more comfortable. And I yeah. actually had a discussion with a, a guy on the show about two weeks, two or three weeks ago. And we had like a 20 minute discussion on what we wear and why, why we like it. And I'm like, only I could have a business podcast and talk with another <laughs> guy about what underwear we wear. 
But yeah, I, I could definitely understand why men would like those over the other two options. Yeah. I absolutely get it. And they're more attractive. So why not? <laughs> and one time, I mean, I've had this, I love asking that question because I've gotten the most interesting ones over the years and I've gotten one girl going, well, by the time I get him there, I hope he's got nothing on. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> and one girl goes, well, I don't wear either of them. I wear thongs. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't ask for that. Remember, but thanks for the picture. <laughs> oh my gosh. I could never say that online. <laughs> Um, again, all right. You got to go back to when I worked with the radio station in Philadelphia, they had a thing one day where basically we're doing shave your body oh gosh. live on air for free concert tickets. Oh my gosh. And I did. I was one of the people who went down to do it in the studio. Oh my gosh. That is so crazy. <laughs> I'm not afraid to do things like at certain times anyway, but why not? <laughs> Hey, you only live once. Enjoy Didn't the ride. You. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy the ride while you're here. You don't get a exactly. second chance. So. I agree. Well, Lisa, one more time, repeat your website for the audience, all right, so they can come find you and get to know you better. Sure. Um, my website is flirtalisasolutions.com. That's F-L-E-U-R-D-E-L-I-S-A, solutions with an S dot com. Okay. And Lisa, I do appreciate you coming on, hanging out. This has been a fun hour. All right. Hanging out with you it's today. It's been great. It's been great. Thanks a lot, Tim. Uh, to you, the listener, I want to thank you guys for tuning in today. All right. And uh, whether you're catching this live or on the on the recording, do me a favor. Go check out uh, floordelisasolutions.com. I too, I was going to mess up, but I did it anyway. Um, go check out Lisa. I'm telling you guys, she is a great person to know. All right. I'm so glad that we've actually known each other and got this time to record this podcast for you. Uh, I'll be back with another guest here in the next couple of days. Be sure to make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well as where you get your podcast. I'm Tim Gillette, and I'll see you soon with another broadcast. Bye, guys. Have a great day.